Today on Bold Steps, Mark Job shows us how we can use our money as an asset for God's kingdom. I want you to be able to help out someone that's in need and say, no, I can't help them out because I owe so much I have nothing left over to give. I want you to live in a place where you have enough to meet your own needs, left over to save, to give, and enjoy what you have. Is that what you want as well? Welcome to Bold Steps with Pastor Mark Job, President of Moody Bible Institute and Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and today we're continuing a very important lesson about a subject that so many of us struggle with, and that's money. For some, it's an idol, and for others, it can be a major source of pain and stress. But Mark, you're helping us realize that God doesn't expect us to figure this out on our own. <laughs> no, you know, God has a lot to say about how we manage our money And again, sometimes we hear just about giving, which is very important, Mm -hmm. but we don't hear enough about managing our resources as well. And again, Scripture has a lot to say about that. And so I think these messages are going to really speak to some people's life, especially towards the beginning of the year as you're creating your budgets. Yeah, let's start the year right, huh? With that set up, let's go ahead and dive into part two of Mark's message, The Pie is Bigger Than What You Think. When I fear God, it means I listen to his ways. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. When you fear God, you will want to know what God says. Let me, let me describe it this way. It's like when... Well, you're, you're driving down I-55. The speed limit says 55. You're going 85. You see some blue lights ahead. You don't have your glasses on, so you're not sure if it's a cop car or a taxi. Boy, don't you hate it when you can't tell, is that a cop or a taxi? Oh, I know some of you have stopped, gone real slow when a taxi was back there, and then, ah, it's just a taxi, and then you step on it. (laughs) Now, you're going 85. You could get in an accident. You don't have your seatbelt on. You have your phone on, and you're texting. This is bad for your health. But the fact that you see a cop ahead and you see the lights, you fear the law, so you slow down, you get your belt buckle, you click it on, and you turn off your phone. Why? Because you fear the law in a healthy way. It's good for you to fear the law because you know the consequences to your life, and the fact that you fear the law and don't disregard them is healthy for your life. The same is true of the fear of God. Now, I've been working on that whole driving thing and speed thing, and I had an experience a couple of years ago. I was driving. It happened to be a Sunday morning. I was on my way to church. I was going kind of fast, and I saw a cop car right behind me. I was like, oh, no. I pulled over. He pulled up behind me. I rolled down my window, and I got my driver's license and my insurance card. I rolled down the window and looked, gave it to him and looked at him, and I thought, boy, this guy looks familiar. 
And he looked at me and he said, Pastor? I said, uh, yeah. He said, Pastor, you got you to gotta slow down. I said, yeah, I was on my way to church. And then he said something. He left me, you know, he said, so I think he did it on purpose. He said, okay, Pastor, slow down. Godspeed. So I drove away thinking, Godspeed. Was he saying bye or was, is he saying go at Godspeed? I don't know, but it made me think a little bit. So I've been, I've been working on that. But the fear, the fear of the law is the beginning of wisdom in your driving. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of good living because you fear what God can do and what he says, and so you start living according to his laws. It's the same thing. Number two. So the first thing I want you to understand is that the plan that you choose now will determine the future you live later, so choose God's way. Number two. What you do with the first and the best matters most and matters longest. Notice what he says in verse 9. Not only does he say that wisdom will lead to long life and prosperity, but now he tells us what to do with our resources and finances. He directs his attention specifically to money and finances. And he says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. And then he tells us the repercussions of honoring the Lord. He says, honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of all your crops. Listen. Then, verse 10, your barns will be overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Honor the Lord with your wealth and if you honor the Lord with your wealth, your barns will overflow and your wine vats will overflow as well. And I know most of us aren't farmers, and most of us don't own a winery. In essence, what he's saying is, when you honor the Lord with your wealth, there will be surplus and overflow in your life. So the result of honoring the Lord with our wealth is that we will have abundance or overflow in our life. Now, it doesn't mean that for a Christian that honors the Lord that they'll never lose their job. It doesn't mean that they'll never have financial crisis. It doesn't mean that they'll never go through a difficult time. But the overarching principle is if you follow the laws of honoring the Lord, that it will lead to abundance and overflow in your life. So let's look at what it means to honor the Lord. To honor the Lord, the word honor means to be heavy or weighty or to give weight to. When I honor someone, it means that when they speak, I pay attention to what they say. When I honor someone, it means that when they walk in the room, I stop, I pause, because I give them attention because they carry weight, importance. To honor someone means that well, when you greet them, you greet them with respect. To honor someone means that you actually acknowledge that someone or something is important, and so you give them your full attention as you honor them. The Bible says, honor the Lord. Give your full attention 
to God's way of managing your money. Honor the Lord with your wealth, and when you honor God with your wealth, God in turn will will work in your wealth so that your wealth or your finances lead to overflowing. We'll continue with part two of today's lesson here on Bold Steps in just a moment. Real quick, let me remind you, though, that all of these daily Bible teachings from Mark Job can be found anytime by going online to boldstepsradio.org. Mark? Yeah, and by the way, Wayne, we love to hear from our listeners. Uh, we have some people that send in comments and testimonies, ask questions, and so we encourage your feedback. We love to hear. Uh, you can go to our website, and uh, there's a place for questions, comments, or we even created a telephone number mm-hmm. so that you can call and we can hear your voice. Yeah, that number is 312-329-2011, 312-329-2011. We'd love to record your voice there and perhaps use it on the air. We'll, we'll select some of these for, uh, for airtime, Mark, as we say. Hey, you mentioned those questions. I happen to have one here. Is it okay, this comes from Holly in Ohio, is it okay to have communion in your home without a pastor? I have a family member who felt we should not be doing this. We really like to show our faith and gratitude for what Jesus did for us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Holly, for that question. I would put it this way. The Bible doesn't actually tell us that a minister or a pastor has to be present. Mm -hmm. The best context for this is in the context of a church and worship. But the early church met in homes, and it was a little less formal than it is right now. I think the important thing about communion is that it not be taken lightly, that it's explained, that it's taken as a serious act of worship. There were certain traditions that um, very much emphasized that it had to be a clergy that did it, and there's certain traditions where they believe that that was actually the blood of Christ and actually the body of Christ, and that's how you received Christ, and so that would be dispensed through clergy. The Bible does not teach that. We believe this is a symbol of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So I think that if, if it's done in a serious, worshipful manner, that the Bible has does not have restrictions about celebrating communion with believers in a home. As is often the case, it's the attitude that counts, isn't it? That's right. Well, if you are listening today, and if you have a Bible question burning on your mind, or you simply want to share your testimony and, and tell us how Bold Steps have helped you in your walk with Christ, reach out. Again, Mark mentioned the uh, new phone line that's available, 312-329-2011, or send us an email at boldstepsatmoody.edu, or simply go to our website, boldstepsradio.org, and you'll find a place there to ask your questions. And also... I want to let you know that everything we're doing here in this radio ministry is made possible in part by the faithful support of our Bold Partners who give $30 or more on a monthly basis to help fuel and expand the ministry of Bold Steps throughout the world. And you'll receive some great incentives when you give that monthly gift. Sign up to become a Bold Partner at boldstepsradio.org. All right, back to the message now from Mark. It's titled, The Pie is Bigger Than What You Think. As I was thinking about this, I was thinking, how do we honor God with our wealth? What does God say about finances? And what should we be doing with our finances that says to God, God, we're honoring you? Well, I've been teaching you this for a couple of years, and I go back to the principle I taught you last week. 
I've been teaching you a simple formula, and I believe it's a formula that you won't find it exactly in Scripture, but you'll find it alluded to these principles. I call it the 10 10 80. Save 10, give 10, live on 80. That is taught throughout Scripture the concept of giving, the concept of saving, and the concept of living within our budget. Let me just mention it to you. We, when you live within your budget and you don't go into debt, so very simply, number one, don't go into debt, live within your means. If you have debt, eliminate it. When you pay off your debt, you are honoring God. Debt is not a sin, but debt is foolish and will lead you to stress. So if you want to honor God with your, with your money, first of all, determine, I will, by God's grace, get out of debt. Now, some of you can't even utter those words because you feel like you're so far in the hole that it would be impossible for you to do. How many of you know sometimes we got to speak in faith? And follow up with action. So can you say it with, with me out loud? I will, I will. By, God's grace, by God's grace, get out of debt. Out of debt. Now tap the person beside you and say, I will, I will. by God's grace, will. get out of debt. Turn to the person behind you and say, I will, I will. by God's grace, get out of debt. Now didn't it feel good to say that? Yeah, I will. Now, I, I can't overemphasize the importance of getting out of debt. The scripture talks about it, and I, if you didn't listen to last week, listen to it, but guys, I gave you several scriptures about, owe oh, no man anything. He that is in debt is a slave to the lender. Whatever takes away your choices, whatever takes away your options is not of God. God wants you to be free, not bound. So getting in debt takes away your options and your choices and your freedom, and it is imperative that you make a war on debt. What does that mean for your life? I'm not sure. But I believe that for some of you, it means that you tear up some of your credit cards. You have a holy tear-up credit card burning ceremony. For some of you, it means I start living within my means and I double check before I spend. And I will not spend if I don't have it. It's delayed gratification. Do you realize it's a lot easier to spend on credit card than it is to spend in cash? Because it's like invisible money. I swipe a card and I get a good. But if you have to dole out $200, it just feels like, man, 200 But if you just swipe a card, it's like, I don't see it. It's like magic. Swipe a card, get the goods. It's like Monopoly money. I was just in Switzerland a couple weeks ago, and they have Swiss francs. It looks like, mon it looks like play money to me. So at the store, they would say, this is... 50 francs, I like, 50 francs is monopoly money. It's like nothing. I, I, mean, I don't care spending this money. I'm really spending money, but because I don't see it, I don't understand it, it's not the money that I'm used to. It's easy to spend, 
And it's the same with credit cards. And let me tell you something about this. And again, I, I, I want to hit on this because I believe that so many people are in debt. No, I know that 160 million Americans have credit cards and the average household has $15,000 in debt and credit card and the average interest on credit card is 18 to 22% and if you pay the minimal on those credit cards you will be paying off your credit card for the next eight and a half years. And that's why I want you out of debt. I want you out of debt because I want you to be able to go on a missions trip like Zach did. And not say, no, I can't go because I owe, I owe, off to work I go. I want you to be able to help out someone that's in need and say, no, I can't help them out because I owe so much I have nothing left over to give. I want you to be able to help out a family member that, that's struggling because you have the money and are able to give and say, no, I can't. I just need someone to loan me some money. I don't want you to be the family member asking other family members to loan you money. I want you to live in a place where you have enough to meet your own needs, left over to save, to give, and enjoy what you have. Is that what you want as well? I hope so. I'm talking about honoring God with your wealth. Secondly, I talked to you about it this last week. Let me emphasize it again. Save. Save. The Bible talks about how the wise person saves when the sluggard doesn't go to work and, and consumes all that he has. It takes discipline to save. It takes delayed gratification to save. Most of us look at our money that we have and it burns a hole in our pocket. We want to spend it now. Saving takes internal discipline that says, I will put it aside and I won't touch it. And that's why I'm saying open up a savings account that you don't have easy access to. Put some money aside and say on a monthly basis, on a weekly basis, it doesn't have to be a lot, but I think everybody should have a savings account because if you don't have a savings account, the Bible tells us in Proverbs that you are setting yourself up for disaster when the winter time comes and there will be a winter. Your car will break down. Your tires won't last forever. Your furnace will need upkeeping. Ralph knows that. He's been to my furnace a few times. It will need upkeeping. There are situations that happen in life, and if you put no money aside, then you are setting yourself up for disaster, and God wants you to be wise. So you honor God with your wealth when you live within your means, when you set aside a savings, and then thirdly, you honor God with your wealth when you learn the power of giving. You see, I believe that the Bible talks a lot about giving. Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And I'm not talking about just that offering plate time. I'm talking about the power of living in a way that you give. I believe that we are called to give. Jesus gave his life for us so that in turn we may have life. I believe you're called to give love. I believe that you're called to give mercy. I believe you're called to give truth. I believe you're called to give friendship. I believe that you're called to give encouragement. I believe you're called to use your gifts. 
I believe that you're called to give wisdom. I believe that you're called to give love. I believe you're called to encourage faith and release faith. And I believe that financially also, you are called to be able to release and give as well. If we are not giving, we are not embracing the culture of Christianity. Now, some people, when we talk about giving, immediately they tense up. Because they've never learned the joy of giving. Sometimes when we talk about giving, people immediately get tight. Oh, no. If you really understood the power of giving, as soon as you heard the word giving, you would get excited about it. But if we really understood the power of giving, you would get as, as or more excited about giving than you would be about gifts. You're listening to Bold Steps with Mark Job, and today's message is called, The Pie is Bigger Than What You Think. We'll get to the final part of this lesson on wisdom when we regroup for tomorrow's program. But in case you can't join us then, I want to remind you that all of these daily messages get archived for easy listening anytime over on our website at boldstepsradio.org. And before we get to the end of the program today, Mark, you have someone special to share with our listeners. Yeah, well, Wayne, it's good to have once again in the studio with us right here in the heart of Chicago, Dr. Joe Stoll. By the way, there's a coffee shop in our campus <laughs> right here called Joe's. Some of the best coffee in Chicago, let Absolutely. me tell you. <laughs> By the way, try the Spanish latte next time mm. you're there. They make it fabulous. But besides having coffee shops named after him, this man is uh, a, a man that I really appreciate, appreciate his love for Jesus. And Joe, as, as we enter into this new year, as we start this new year out, you know, there's people that are emotionally drained, mm. tired already. They haven't even started this year very much into it, and they're already exhausted. And I wonder if you could speak for a moment to those people that maybe are just feeling like, I don't know if I can handle one more week, one more month. I don't look forward with great joy or faith to this year because I'm just tired. Mm. I think maybe I would just encourage people to get a breath of fresh air. And that breath of fresh air is really the Word of God. When I think of God's Word, He spoke and creation happened, mm. the universe, everything that's beautiful around us. Uh, he spoke and the sea parted. Mm. He spoke and his son rose from the grave. Yeah. So it's the word of God is that breath of fresh air into our lives. He gives us new perspectives mm. on how to look at that old baggage yeah. that we're dragging into this year. He helps us unload it for some better options in our lives. And so I would just say, Let's listen to God's word instead of all the, all the chaos around us that's screaming in our heads. Mm. Let God speak to us. And I think that's a real key in a new year to putting the baggage aside and starting over again. I love it. You've heard it from Joe Stoll. If you want to start out well, leave the baggage behind. Get to the word of God. And Wayne... There's a resource we have that can help us do that, right? On a regular basis, makes it easy and simple. Tell them about that. All right. It's called Strength for the Journey. And right here at the start of the new year, we want to equip you with this bold step gift that's designed to strengthen your faith, increase your intimacy with God, and prepare your spirit for the ups and downs of life. Strength for the Journey by Dr. Joe Stoll. 
is an empowering book that takes you through six devotionals each week and a psalm for the seventh day, plugging you into the ultimate source of deliverance, the presence of God. For the Christian pilgrim seeking guidance, this Bold Step gift is a resource you'll be able to lean into all year long. But this resource is available for a limited time, so don't wait any longer. Immerse yourself in this compelling devotional and rediscover hope anew by requesting your copy of Strength for the Journey today. We'll send you a copy when you give a gift of any amount to support Bold Steps. Just go online to boldstepsradio.org to make your donation or send your financial gift in the mail by writing to us at Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. If it's easier or more convenient, you can give and request the book by calling 844-615-7363. And if it's your first time giving to Bold Steps, we'll also send you a free download of Mark Job's brand new 30-day devotional specifically designed to help you deepen your walk with Jesus and spend this new year getting more focused on Christ. So, with your first-time gift of any size, you'll receive Dr. Stoll's Strength for the Journey, and Mark Job's Bold Steps with Jesus e-devotional. So don't miss out on this special New Year's bundle. Just go online to make your first donation of Bold Steps today at boldstepsradio.org or give us a call at 844-615-7363. By the way, did you know you don't have to be near a radio or computer to hear the Bold Steps program? By subscribing to the Bold Steps podcast on your mobile device, you can easily take these messages with you wherever you go and listen while you're out running errands or for a walk or simply stuck in traffic. Search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job on your podcast app and hit subscribe. I'm Wayne Shepherd, reminding you to join us next time for the third and final part of our message titled, The Pie is Bigger Than What You Think. Discover the countercultural truth of getting through giving. Wednesday, right here on Bold Steps with Mark Job. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.